This is Dithering Preview, the free version of Dithering, which is a four-pay podcast that uh, me, John Gruber, and you, Ben Thompson, that's me, that we do. You can go to dithering.fm and sign up, and it's $5 a month, and it is 15 minutes per episode, not a minute less, not a minute more, three times a week. Not a second less, not a second more, in fact. <laughs> so after every episode, we take a snippet, uh, a minute to 90 seconds or so. We post it on Twitter. You can access it on our website, or you can listen to it right here in this podcast. Get a taste of every episode that we recorded in January. January 2021. We made it, John. We, ma- we, made, it, <laughs> we made it to January 2021. We, we went from... <laughs> An insurrection, a literal insurrection against the United States Congress to a peaceful transfer of power to, uh, uh, here we are, (laughs) to GameStop. You know, I'm still holding GameStop. Well, you could hear all about that if you subscribe. Go to dithering.fm. Super easy to subscribe and add it to your podcast player. And you can listen to these in full. But for now, here is a taste. Enjoy. January 4th, Facebook's unknowable mega scale. Facebook is so deep. And I kind of feel like Facebook itself, they clearly know it. Like Zuckerberg and the people who run Facebook, they have a much better comprehension of how deep and and truly hard to put your finger on just what it is that they do. But they're willing to let people talk about Facebook as though it is a more simplistic surface level thing and that 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 there is even a notion of of letting controlling what people see right it's like if it was a publication like you can say hey there's a georgia runoff and i think that the new york times wrote a puff piece about the democratic candidate and really went hard after the republican candidate and this just shows how the New York Times is biased against Republicans or biased in favor of Democrats or both. And we're all looking at the same two articles and there's two, you you know, they each have a URL and you're reading the two articles and I'm reading the same two articles. And we might disagree on those conclusions about the editorial slant of the New York Times news team, but at least we're talking about the same two articles. And the thing about the Facebook feeds is that nobody is talking about the same things. You know, there are posts or an ad that a politician can pump pump into a Facebook feed, but it's the the whole of people's feeds are so different. But people are having the argument as though it is this more simplistic surface level thing. January 6th, targeting ads and vaccines. There's these big companies, these traditional advertisers like the Unilevers of the world that we associate with advertising. And this actually came out, I think, three or four years ago when P&G sort of announced that they were pulling back from this sort of advertising. And Facebook stock went way down overnight, and it was this big deal. It's like, oh, this, this stuff doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. And it turned out, and this is, this is real. Like, you look at Facebook's, like, what, like Facebook's has a very diverse and dispersed set of advertisers because it doesn't really work that well for the P&Gs of the world, right? The P&Gs of the world, but you think about it, the P&Gs or the Unilevers of the world or the Coca-Colas of the world, their entire businesses are built around the TV mass market model. They create products that are broadly attractive. They advertise them. Then they put them on like store shelves. And like there's a whole like ch- like causal chain here where the idea is someone in a store needs deodorant 
mind and they pick out the one and they're not even sure why they picked it out, but it, it, it's been like conditioning over, you know, months or years of advertising that, that, that they should be favorable to this sort of thing. That sort of advertising doesn't really work on Facebook because it, it's meant to be mass market and Facebook is all about individual. Facebook is all about ah. giving you exactly what you want to see. Well, then if it doesn't work on Facebook, it doesn't work on Facebook. But the mindset that's taken hold industry-wide is that it doesn't work anywhere. And I, I, I disagree with that. What does work on Facebook is th- like niche products, products that are attractive to you specifically. January 8th, Twitter and Trump. I really admired Zuckerberg's post on it today. Very straightforward. And I, I, I really do feel that it, the, the tone of his post was very similar to me in, in the curtness that it would have, if the problem were something that were more universally agreed upon, like the president r- refusing to stop addressing, uh, black Americans using the N word or something as, as glaringly obvious as that. That's the way Zuckerberg wrote about it. I also like that Zuckerberg wrote it himself instead of putting it in some yep. like uh, a blog post or something, you know, for with with no no one's ownership of it. Like it was, and it, rightly so, right? This was clearly a decision he made, and I agree. I it was, it, and I and I think that I feel like he landed. I mean, I, obviously, I'm biased because I've largely concurred with the way Facebook has approached this, but I thought he drew a good distinction between why they didn't block him in the summer. And why they are now. And, yeah. and, and again, you might, I can understand, like, I don't know, I always understood your point in the summer, just as I think you understood mine. It, it, but I think you can understand their decision now and how they could get to here and it being a consistent decision. I agree. And it's coherent. I disagree with it, but I do find it coherent in a way that I find Twitter's ongoing response to be incoherent. January 11th, Trump banned. I hate to admit it because I was really looking forward to, lording it over you that I was more right than you on this whole issue of of kicking him off these platforms. But trying to be intellectually honest about it, I'm really coming around to the notion that this was this was the right time. That it, you kind of have to, you want to say, hey, you know, like if it's a kid playing with matches, yeah, you want to take the kid away, take the matches away from the kid before the kid actually start, sets the house on fire, right? but it's a you know the analogy doesn't hold up like in some ways it 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 gets into more of like a minority report you know with the pre-crime and it's like you kind of have to wait until you you go over the line you know and and it's it's been a lot of and i think those of us on this pushing on the side of hey they should take they should just kick him off twitter uh for a while now whether it was for the last few months or the last year. I mean, there have been people who've been saying it's probably since before he was uh, inaugurated, you know. Yep, absolutely. Um, it, it is, look, can't you see where this is inevitably going? And I think that in some, that, that's not to say that they, or even including me, we were wrong, that we could see that this would come to no good end. In a sense, it feels right that this came at, this came when it did. January 13th, an American perspective. This is going to be costly. Like this is going to increase the the likelihood of countries going their own way on the internet, of putting more restrictions on American tech companies, of taking their own path as far as speech goes, reducing American soft power. But 
so it's good to admit those costs, but you can't turn around and say, oh, we should have never then borne those costs because extraordinary situations called for extraordinary actions and the blame should be put where it is, which is on, on, on Trump. He's the one that like it was his sort of final gift to the U.S. is, is, is harming our, you know, our most valuable industry and the industry just had to do what it had to do. I thought that there was an interesting two thread, just, just two tweets. Um, Nikki Haley, who was, uh, Trump's, uh, ambassador to the UN and is one of the few people from his administration to escape with her reputation almost wholly in, intact, tweeted in, in, in opposition to Twitter kicking him off. Her tweet was silencing people, not to mention the president of the US is what happens in China, not our country. Hashtag unbelievable. And there's a lot you can criticize with that. And I have, I could write a whole essay on it, but this one tweet from Jamil Jaffer, I thought summed it up. Another way to look at this is that forcing publishers to publish the government speech is what happens in China. January 15th, the WhatsApp narrative. It's also dangerous when you're crafting a message to, to unveil something like this. It, it can be seriously dangerous that you, like Facebook in this case, the, the company that makes it, you know exactly how the whole thing works. And in, yep, the, yep. in the case of this, they know that person-to-person messages are end-to-end encrypted and they cannot see them. It's not like a choice that they could roll back. It's end-to-end. That's why end-to-end encryption is so, you know, non-negotiable for something that is truly secure because it, it, you can't have a bug and you can't have. Right. They can't, they can't change their mind. They can't change the terms of service and suddenly start looking at it. It's math, right? Right. Or a bad actor on the server can't just go peeking into a database table and see the content of the messages. That's, it just can't happen that they never, they don't have the keys. So because they know that. I, it, it can give them a false confidence that they didn't have to worry about the messaging because they know they can't read. That's, I mean, what do people really care about? They care. This is why it was so radioactive. People care about the privacy of the, what they write and the pictures and stuff like that that they send in these, in messages. And I think Facebook was blinded by the fact that they, they weren't worried about the messaging because they know it's secure. That's exactly right. And you see this happen all the time. January 20th, low hanging fruit. One of the things we talked about in the last episode was the Facebook WhatsApp thing. Right. And what's so interesting about a business and a moat built entirely on network effects is it's actually much more brittle than it seems because network effects can undo themselves with amazing rapidity, right? Like, and you think about all these discussions about, about Facebook and, and they're reading your messages. And as we you know, we, we didn't quite get to in the podcast. I think we, we kind of insinuated it like Facebook, as far as like privacy and your metadata, like they're, they're gobbling up everything, but the, the, the actual security of your messages themselves is very strong, but that can spread via the same network that gives WhatsApp its moat. Right. And so right. it's kind of like the, the conditions for its own demise are sort of like baked in, in some respects. Well, the, the thing about the virus, it's the same thing. Just as a virus spreads exponentially, you can kill a virus exponentially if you get the vaccine out there at speed. It's not a linear return. Like the more vaccines you get out there, you get an exponential protection against the virus, which, by the way, people don't seem to be aware, like there are new mutations out that spread way more quickly. So like the need for speed is actually only increased, not decreased. It's crazy that the thing that we are being limited by is the bureaucracy of actually putting needles into people's arms and not the physical operational mechanics of producing the vaccine. January 22nd, 
Intel and the iceberg. I compare it vaguely. Maybe it's a bad analogy. I don't know. But to the arrogance of the captain on the Titanic about icebergs before they hit an iceberg and after you hit an iceberg. This guy, Gelsinger, is coming on as the new captain of a ship that already hit an iceberg. There's no denial. And I think if you just think about that line, it was quoted in the Oregonian newspaper. It looks really brutal in print. But I would bet, and he did not mean it for public consumption. Somebody told yeah. it to the reporter. He was like, in the, he was getting the team fired up. He's like, yeah. look, we, we're, we're getting our asses kicked, and that has to stop. That's my take. And the other thing about Ed Colligan's remarks is they were at a public event. He was talking to the press, like on stage at like a media. He meant for them to be public. This is, you know, a locker room talk. And, and he's talking. He knows that his Intel employees know just how what Apple's achieved. Right. There's there's no reason to think that it was that, you know, dismissive or derisive. I think that it was meant to fire up the team. Yeah, it was looking reality in the face and right. being like the fact of the matter is. We are getting our asses kicked by a lifestyle company, and we're Intel. How could you let that happen? And the thing, the thing about this, this, I was getting into a little bit about this week. I think that we underplayed it when we were talking about the M1. That the M1 being so much faster is it's not just Apple; it's also TSMC, and that's kind of Intel's problem. Is they're fighting a two front war. January twenty fifth, Australia's media code. This is the. I mean, people will talk about that. One of the problems of the media covering tech, particularly, I think people brought this up a lot of time in Facebook, is that there's sort of a fundamental conflict of interest where at the end of the day, it's one advertising-based business taking on another advertising-based business. And obviously, over time, the, the media, you know, the more successful organizations have moved to subscription. But there is some something there. And of course, people in the media are like, no, of course not. That doesn't that has no impact, no, no effect, whatever. Uh, it's very, very hard to look at the reporting around this story and not feel like there's a massive conflict of interest at play. Because the way it's being framed is that Australia is forcing Google and Facebook to pay for news, and they're throwing a fit and refusing to do it. And the problem is that France is doing the same thing, but both Google and Facebook are acquiescing to the French proposal. They don't like it, but at the end of the day, like, and you see this even in the U.S., they're doing all these programs for news and stuff. And I think both have realized, like, it's in their interest to sort of, like, be funneling money to like there's not much money to pay to perhaps get somewhat better coverage, but also you know you know, quote, you know news is important blah blah blah. But the Australia thing is so that's not the problem. The the reason why Google is flipping out in Australia is among many other things, including having to give money to news organizations based on like an arbitrator deciding what the number is for all intents and purposes. They also have to disclose all algorithmic changes to Australian news organizations like two weeks before they do them. January 27th, Twitter buys review. All the people that are interested in these paid newsletters are all on Twitter, right? Twitter, yes, Twitter is a small audience, but you're on Twitter because you like text and you like information. And, and like that's the sort of person that takes to Twitter because it's so information dense. And that's why Twitter, you know, Twitter has sort of a natural cap on their market for the product as is because there's a lot of people that don't want to consume information that way, right? They would rather, you know, be, be at more video oriented or visual oriented or sort of a, a different sort of way to come in. Twitter's just like, straight to your veins information and the sort of people though that will want new subscriptions or paid newsletters or want to follow that wall street journal link for example to a to a paywall article they're all on twitter and twitter should be twitter has a massive opportunity and role to play in in intermediating all these transactions the problem though is it's twitter 
the product that hasn't changed in 15 years. <laughs> like there's, there's the, it, the Twitter retains so much. It's like so fascinating to talk about Twitter because you can think about a million things they could do, but you have to always remember they never do them. <laughs> That's the big problem. This is making me want to lose my mind. This is so obvious. Like the one idea that I've had for years about Twitter that, that they should do is that they should have uh, pro accounts that you have to pay for. And psychologically, it would be a hit product because, of course, what is one of the things you would get as a benefit? You would get a badge on your avatar. January 29th, GameStop day trading. There's this sort of debate going on even before yesterday happened about like, what's the motivation here? Right. right. And so it was like, oh, this people are bored or people are greedy and it's a bubble. It's a, it's the, you know, people are bored of the pandemic. They're stuck at home. They have extra cash. And then it, all bubbles are driven by greed. And then it, 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 it breaks up. And then you go to the Reddit thread. They're like, oh, all these people saying we're motivated by boredom and greed. That's, that's, BS. We're like, we want to stick it to the man. And they're all telling these stories about the financial crisis and, 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 right. and how it was unfair that Wall Street got it. And I think it's, again, it's the Rorschach's plot idea. They're all true, right? And, and but they're true in that they, they get, these are myths that sort of get created. And, and so maybe some people were in it because they thought it was a good fundamental position. And then some people got into it for a different reason. And then, and then people got in it for another reason. But then you, your reasoning changes and this idea of we're actually sticking it to the to, to the guy we're not in this to get rich we're in this to make a point and to, and to inflict yeah. pain on wall street well that's actually really really effective if you want to create a mindset that will that will make people whole right, right. why did gamestop come back it came back because people not because it was rational there right. it, it came back because people wanted to fight back right. it, and you think about it it was a brilliant sort of propaganda move whether it was intentional or not to actually make this a, a, a true fight yeah it really was a roller coaster <laughs> facebook targeting ads twitter and trump trump banned american perspective whatsapp intel gamestop trading i mean that well that really covers the gamut <laughs> a month ago donald trump was not only the president he he had a twitter account which was really powerful. It's funny because Twitter has is like the conservation of Twitter power or conservation of social media power, where once Trump went away, it, it had to go somewhere. So it basically went to Wall Street. Honest question. What do you think, like when he wakes up in the morning, what do you think he misses more, being president or having a Twitter? Having a Twitter, of course. Being a president <laughs> sounds like a terrible job. I think so too. Because <laughs> he had the Twitter longer and I think he was he was much better at it. Oh, he was a brilliant Twitter. That's the thing that's amazing about it. I mean, right. I, you, you got to admit, no matter what you think about whatever he actually tweeted. Right. That's the thing. He should have been. He should have been taken out of office two years ago. He should have been impeached two years ago and taken out. But the Twitter, <laughs> he was really good at it. It's a real American tragedy. <laughs> Anyhow, you go to dithering. You go to dithering.fm and subscribe. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. That's January for you.